0: Hi, welcome to What's On Your Mind. I'm Peter Snowart and What can we learn from the 27 year young Daniela Zapata? She was born and raised in Colombia. She now lives in Mexico. She has lived in Rotterdam, the Netherlands, where she has been working for an NGO. And she also has lived in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia for Mind Valley, where she's still a VP of Business Development. It's an amazing woman. I can assure you that now she is also having or uh, organized foundation. It's called Beyond Education, where she's helping children who are living in poverty in Colombia. Daniela has also taught children as a volunteer in Africa, so children who are living in poverty. And she has really also learned that. Uh, She thought she was teaching the children, but in fact, those children in the community were teaching her. It's an amazing conversation. And also check out the link in the show notes of her foundation, Beyond Education, helping children in Colombia in poverty. Thanks. Bye bye.
1: Welcome to What's on Your Mind with Peter Snowart. Every week a guest talks about his or her story, and that story can inspire you to change your own. Here's Peter.
0: So, it's good morning, Daniela, for you.
1: Good, good afternoon. Let's say <laughs> it's one thirty over here.
0: What is it? One one PM?
1: Yeah, 1.30 PM.
0: Okay, and where is it here from? In, when, here. when I am in, just standing in your shoes, is that like Colombia? Is it New York? What is it? Or is it Malaysia? I don't know.
1: A bit of everything, but right now it's Mexico. I'm in this beautiful city called Puerto Vallarta. It's just paradise. Yeah, and
0: are you the, are you there for for business for Mind or are you there for personal uh, reasons? I, I like
1: I like to say that love brought me to Mexico. Uh, my boyfriend is is Mexican. His family okay. moved some time ago here, so we, we we decided to come for December. You know when you say you know let's just spend Christmas there and, and New Year's, and then Christmas and New Year's turn into almost six months here.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Came here, saw the beach, saw the sun, saw the sunsets, and I decided to 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 stay a bit longer.
0: Okay, cool. But originally, you're born in Colombia, is that right?
1: Yeah, I'm born originally in Colombia. Um, I, I lived in Colombia until I was probably 23. Afterwards, I I move uh, I move out of Colombia to to the Netherlands. I used to live in the Netherlands for for some time in Rotterdam. Um,
0: the Netherlands.
1: Yes, <laughs> for one year. Okay. It was amazing. it was amazing. Really enjoyed my time there. I was uh, back in the day a um, global BP for, for partnerships um, in an NGO, and the headquarters mm-hmm. and the headquarters was in Rotterdam. Uh, that's where I spent uh, one year of my life. From there, I decided to move to Kenya uh, to, to take a break on my career and focus on one of my passions, which, which is definitely supporting education. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to a slum. Second largest Islam in in Africa. Uh, it's called Kibera. It's right in the center of Nairobi. Spent uh, a couple of months over there. Um, completely reshifted my my focus and and where to, want to and where I decided that I wanted to go and contribute. Um, and from there, I, I I I took this opportunity with Mind Valley, and I've been with Mind Valley ever since, uh, almost two years and a half ago. Uh, living in Kuala Lumpur until the lockdown came and you know we all started questioning where do we want to be <laughs> what do I want to see every day that I wake up and and I end up here as as I as I just shared
0: but you're still working for Valley.
1: yeah absolutely absolutely okay. I,
0: so so but I'm going to take a couple of steps back um, absolutely. I mean when you graduated um, was it initially the plan for you? I'm not going to start working for corporates. I'm going to immediately go for the NGO world and making the world a better place?
1: Actually, it's a fun question now that you ask because I think if I go back to that moment, I really remember that I will say to everybody, you know what? I'm going to be Ministry of Education in my country. Like okay. that was a plan, you know? Um, that's why I started international relations. Uh, I felt it was back in the day the career that could take me to to once uh, get closer to that opportunity. And in the mm-hmm. path, um, in the path, like while I was studying and, and taking some volunteering experiences and, and started working early, um, I got the chance to work closely closely with uh, governmental projects. So projects mm-hmm. with the government in Colombia, uh, projects with governments in, in other cities um, and uh, international development banks. and And I realized just by working closely on the side that those very high structure entities take longer time than I than I would like to see to make things happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just just to be polite, just to be polite. So I said, you know, I, I love to see a project from the creation to a reality w- with my eyes. I wanna be able to drive not only ideas, but action. Mm-hmm. And because of that early, like, you know, experience on the ground, I realized, you know, maybe in my mind, I believe that the best way to impact is you know the government or NGOs, but mm-hmm. in reality, uh, I realized maybe there are some leaner uh, environments like startups or companies that yeah. are in an early stage that are more more fast paced, mm-hmm. and um, and and I found a sweet spot. You know, I'm I'm right now in a company that is called Mind Valley, um, yep. that that it's growing, it's a scaling a lot, yep. still behaves a lot very very lean, but with a very very giant purpose and mission. Yeah. So, so I realize it is possible to find a sweet spot where you feel you're contributing, but mm-hmm. also, but also things go more, more at the pace that you expect, uh, which which drives more fulfillment at the end of the day.
0: No, I'm going to come back to all the Valley thing because I'm a huge valley and vision fan and customer. Um, but that's, but that's for a couple of minutes. But first of all, I mean, you have lived in the Netherlands, you've born in, uh, you've born in Colombia. Now you're living in Mexico. I mean. I've never been to Colombia. Yes, I've been to Colombia, but it was just um, stepping on, on on the coast, and mm-hmm. and I've seen a city. I don't remember the city. It was beautiful, but that was it for me. I mean, Colombia and also Mexico has in in Europe and and um, how do you say that? Not always a positive um, perception, um, and I don't don't want to offend offend you. Eh? Um, but you've lived here you live, you've lived there uh, here here meaning the, the netherlands rotterdam which is quite similar to belgium can you can you explain to me what are the cultural differences between living in and those two Let's take Colombia. Let's take um, like the Netherlands. Okay, okay. The weather is better. I mean, I don't know. You you, you dance the salsa all day long. I don't know. I mean, uh, c- can you give me the real stuff instead of the the touristic, uh, yeah, things that they they want us to believe?
1: Big time, big time. And I love this question because. I started international relations because I wanted to show my country or the real side of my country outside. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we had some very dark times uh, way mm-hmm. in the past, very very related to 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 the drug cartels back in the day, yeah. and uh, it's it's a history full of violence uh, between you know the government and what we call the guerrilla uh, back 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 in mm-hmm. the day. Um, so because of this idea of Colombia and also Mexico went through a very similar uh, sort of no. process, a lot of violence and then the, the whole challenges with, with the drug cartels and so on. Uh, I felt it it became, you know, this image of these two countries that that is dangerous to be there. But once once you come to Colombia, we used to have this this saying that is the only risk is wanting to stay. You know, like people will come with a lot of fear. Um, mm-hmm. With a lot of anxiety or feeling uncertain about what they will find, but when they get in reality, you will find really, really warm people. Everybody's super welcoming. They don't need to know you. They, they, they. You just ask in the street for help for mm-hmm. anything that you might need, and people are super available and and willing and super hard open to to support in the best way that they can. Right, so. So it's a very, very open culture in terms of in, in terms of heart set. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's something that I love to highlight. Of course, we have we have cool weather. <laughs> I love to say that because we don't understand the idea of seasons because we we don't live it. Right. For us, it's always like ah sunny or less sunny. Probably, uh, especially I'm from the Caribbean part of Colombia. So mm-hmm. so so seasons don't exist. Daylight saving, all of that, it's 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 weird for us. Um, the the other thing is uh, still pretty much it's a, it's a country that even though it's Colombia, it's it's globalized. Um, we do still struggle a lot with, like, for example, um, literacy or English literacy. Yeah. So, for example, if you're coming to Colombia and you don't speak Spanish, you will yeah. end up learning a bit because you will have to push yourself yeah, to, yeah. to be able to communicate with the locals. I feel like the Netherlands is so open to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Dutchies love, love, love Dutch, but, but anywhere you can, you know, communicate and, mm-hmm. and, and, and figure it out. Uh, but in Colombia, that's still, that's still something that you got to juggle your Spanish a bit, which tends to be fun and interesting. Uh, pretty, pretty good for, for anyone's profile. And, and, and if you want to travel in Latin America, it's always a good skill to have. Um, but 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 that's a that's a key difference for sure. Like you will need to really really immerse yourself in the culture and and in the reality of people. Um, and and I think perhaps uh, everybody's like a big time hustler, you know, yeah. passionate passionate about life um, with strong purpose. Very passionate about about what they do, how they live uh, their missions. So so it's a very energetic, charismatic, and and very positive. Uh, a, a very strong culture with positive mindset despite the challenges that both in Mexico and Colombia we have gone through historically, we, we just look forward and, and, and we, we try to think what is the best possible thing that came, that can come out after after hardships um, which, which I know Europeans tend to be a bit more rational and, and grounded and you know uh, so, so so we are a big time supporter and, and and uplifting people for for anybody who's, who's around us.
0: Did do you did do you li- did you live very far from um, the city called uh, I don't know if it's the right pronunciation Medellin? Yes, I mean because
1: it's just, because, because I, in I saw
0: I, I, no, but I saw recently on YouTube uh, a couple of vloggers and they a lot of people said you cannot go there. It's one of the the most dangerous cities in the world. And they showed around with the camera, and they they were really it's 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 not true. There were a couple of them, and it looks so nice, and and it, it, it looks so attractive that I'm like I'm going to catch the next flight. I'm going to go there. So so I just it's just curiosity because yeah I I I forgot that the, the town where I've went to Colombia it was near the coast
1: Cartagena the, probably.
0: Cartagena, yes, and it was yeah, beautiful. They... It was beautiful, but at the same time, they said, "Yeah, you have to warn here. Sometimes there are um, parts of the city that, uh, when they when there's a kind of a strike or they fight with with the government, then they're going to burn down um, cars and things like that." So I'm I'm like, "Is that true? Is that not true?" Because I didn't feel anything because that conditioning that the media has yeah given me about yeah, parts of Colombia, it's 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 dangerous. I didn't feel that, to be honest.
1: You know what? I think it's an evolution. And the beautiful thing about reality is the sense of, the sense of progress and evolution that can come. Just mm-hmm. picking up on the example of Medellin that you mentioned, um, Medellin went in, t- in 10 years from being mm-hmm. one of the most violent and dangerous cities in the whole world to be the most innovative city. Because mm-hmm. of the amount of investment in innovation, in entrepreneurship, uh, in sustainability, in sustainable practices as well. So, so right now, Medellin—that's the real pronunciation. Everybody's right? like, ah, Medellin, but like uh, in, in in Colombian Spanish, we call it Medellin. So, so, so yeah, you see, like in ten years, everything shifted for for them. Um, the government, the citizens have been doing an amazing uh, job. Like also the. The private companies and the private sector to lift up the the, the city, and if, if you're Colombian, you identify people in Medellin and, and Medellin as a city, as a city that where entrepreneurship, technology, um, bilingualism are flourishing. You know, so so it is a great story of seeing that it's possible to evolve, that it's possible to progress with 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 a good collaboration between the citizens, the government, the private uh, sector. Um, so. So it's it's a must do in your bucket list. Okay. I just came from I just came from there a couple of a couple of weeks ago. I I managed to spend some two good weeks there, and it's just genius. It's super green the city. So so definitely definitely super high on the rank for recommendations for for foreigners that want to visit Colombia.
0: Cool, cool. Now, um, I you together with your boyfriend. I mean. Assuming within ten years, maybe you will have children because you're quite passionate about children.
1: Probably, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, but my, my, my question, and my question is: In which country do you want to live when you have children? Do you would do, do you would do you want to go uh, back home? I know, I don't know, close to your parents or something, and then um, have your children there so they can also be raised by your by your parents. I mean, or is it more in Mexico or in the Netherlands or in Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur?
1: So, so I don't know how you see it, but something that my boyfriend and I were really, um, mm-hmm. really questioning, you know, I, we I love to question things that we, we take for granted or we think that mm-hmm. things have to be in a certain way. You know, I think my generation and the, and the generations before were, were raised believing that you need to pick one place, you know, and kind of like mm-hmm. get your roots there and, and root there. That's the idea that I was born, you know, like oh, my parents will move to a city and we will do everything there, you know, until they they grow old and and that's it. But my boyfriend and I were wondering, you know, it doesn't have to be like that, you know. You, I mean, I think right now, especially with like the world going fully fully remote in so many layers, um, we were thinking, okay, you know, we can be fifty percent of the time in this location and fifty percent of the time in the other location. So you don't need to just like go with one, for example. Um, as I told you, I live two years in two years and a half in Malaysia and I find Southeast Asia wonderful, very diverse, very interesting. Uh but I wouldn't like to live there maybe a whole the whole year. But perhaps uh what about living forty percent of the time there and sixty percent in Latin America? Um okay. uh, I don't have children, I don't know if you do, but I know that people say, Yeah, you know, when you get children it gets harder. But but I think also if there's certain stability but then also some variation uh, that that might help to open the oh,
0: mindset it's uh I, I have a child of uh, a boy uh, of four years in august and um my intention is to travel a lot with him so he can see the world um of course i don't want i don't want to bring him in places which can be dangerous or risky At that's that's another thing but children are very adaptable the at the same time they need structure so you have to I, and the most important thing is love. When they are surrounded with love, with people who love them for who they are, I think they can go anywhere. So if they're, I don't know, sometimes in Mexico or in, in Colombia, it, it doesn't matter. So uh, so they're very adaptable. So, I, of course, there is the practical thing. Eh? When they're baby, yeah, you have to travel very long. Uh, yeah, it can be, uh, I wouldn't say it, it's more difficult. It's not more difficult. They're going to sleep a lot. So... I think it's doable. I've already traveled with him when he was a couple of months um to Ibiza to Spain so um yeah I don't see a problem there so yeah, uh, right. yeah. now um you've also then um i by the way I've also studied international relations the the you've then teached and you've become a teacher um in your sabbatical in the, the 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 biggest slums in 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 kenya was it uh, i believe eh? or nairobi eh? yeah in nairobi yeah why there why wh- why where did you get that it Do you woke up after a meditation <laughs> and you said i'm going to go to nairobi and become a an, uh, an, uh, teacher
1: oh, you're gonna love with this because it was not exactly meditation but i just felt it was a sign um long story short um I was thinking, what is it that I want to do next when I finish my experience when when I was in the Netherlands? And uh, I was I was in a conference. Um, it's, it's a leadership development conference. And I was supporting uh, one of the speakers uh, during the session. And the speaker was very nervous. I remember that the speaker was super nervous. I think it was the first time she was speaking to such a big audience. And, and I was trying to help her. So I was jumping in, you know, helping her with some logistics, some setups. It was a it was a big workshop. Um, and I know she was struggling, so I was just trying to give her emotional support. And then uh, I could barely pay attention to a content because I was just so stressed trying to help this person. Uh, but then the only moment that I kind of like calmed down is she said, oh, I'm going to play a video of one of the projects okay. that we have as a company. They, they, they were a giant company in, in oil and gas, and but they had one of these very high impact uh, programs. And when she started the video, it was a program in Kenya. And uh, it was just a story of a girl who was from the community, received certain support from the CROP program. She developed herself, uh, overachieved stuff that she would never think it's possible if she would have stayed Mm -hmm. in the community. But then she decided to come back and help. And I kid you not, Peter, I just broke into tears out of the blue. Out of the blue, I just felt this huge sensation that there was a calling for me there. And I cannot explain this rationally because imagine the face of my parents when I told them I'm gonna take some time off. I'm not gonna work. I'm just gonna travel with my savings, and I'm going to Kenya alone as a woman. Um, which still in 21st century, that's a big problem, no? <laughs> so they were they were shocked, scared. Yeah, and your, confused, your parents, your parents. They have always trusted. Yeah, my parents. My parents. I'm an only child, so they will forever think that you know, they, they need to take care of me. Um, so so back in back in the day. Um, they were confused, but they have always supported a lot of my decision making. Um, I didn't have rational information to tell them this is why I need to be there. You know, it's not like I just felt it. Uh, I just felt it. And I follow that. I follow that that message. Um, and when I arrived there, everything made sense. Um, I think I've never I've never experienced such mm-hmm. bliss with so little, you know, like how we think that we need society has has sold this idea that in order to feel better or to feel more, you need to accumulate or you need to own more or you need to be more or it's about the title or it's about, you know, like so many things that at the end of the day when I was there with just kids, no title, um, no expectation, just fully open hearted to, to give what is it that I knew. And, and with the humbleness to understand that I was the one who, who went Mm -hmm. there to learn. I thought I went there to teach and maybe I did. And, and and I know the kids were very happy with some of the programs we created, especially on leadership. We call it a leadership camp. They love the class. I even taught them Spanish. I hope it's useful one day for them. Um, but but it was a very humbling lesson and and it just redirected me on my purpose. Um, I still work uh, with corporates and, and and that's what I do. But, but on a on a soul level, that's what drove me to to start my foundation yeah. in Colombia. Because even though I'm not physically present there, I felt like I could be like that Kenyan girl that uses what she what the the power, the tools, the the mindset that she got outside of the community to bring it back to the community. So that is one of those decisions that you have no idea the meaning and the impact they will have in your life, but forever change everything. Wow! That and
0: how young are you?
1: Right now yeah, or no, back now, there? No, <laughs> Right now, right now. I just 0. turned 27. It's
0: amazing. I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: When you, when you send me a message via LinkedIn, I was, I was blown away with your passion and, and that purpose driven. I, e- I even envy you because you do what I want to do. And um, although I have the same mission and also I had the same conclusion. I mean, for the years I've collect, accumulated stuff, titles, money, and it's all fine. But it doesn't fulfill you. I mean it 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 doesn't give you that everlasting fire and if once you discover your your purpose and that especially when you can light somebody else his heart with your talents your gift your knowledge your whatever your passion I mean and you can give really back I mean that's the real that's yeah. a real diamond and it yeah and and it's like you said eh, then you, then you can really become very humble and then you yeah, how do you say that? You you become. There, there is no, there is no. I wouldn't say there is no ego anymore, but you you are very grateful that you can do that and that you can give that uh, thing inside of you to the other person. So, uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. And at the same time, I also think. I mean, if parents were were quite, um, um, yeah, afraid that something would happen to you, but I also think when you are working towards that purpose. That there is some kind of, everything is combining, is setting together, that universe is working with you in some kind of synchronicity and th- there is no danger. It, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's going to take care of you. Maybe it's, that sounds a little silly, but I think, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's going to propel you and it's going to attract you where you need to be.
1: No, and that's crazy because, you know, um, I used to tell my parents, I feel so safe in mm-hmm. the community. You know, like Nairobi, Nairobi is giant. But every time I will go to a community, I even feel safer in the community than maybe in somewhere else alone. Because um, in, in Kenya, uh, I think this is this is in East Africa in general. When, when they see white people, I mean, I don't consider myself white. Uh, maybe I'm a bit uh, lighter, but 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 they 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 all think it's like whenever they see white people, they call it okay. Muzungus. So so in the community, when they see a Muzungu, most of the time they know that the Muzungu is there to help. Okay. Right? Like, it would be weird that a person flies all the way there just to harm, right? So so when they see someone that looks like us or that looks different from what they are used to, they become very supportive. And the kids will hold my hands and they will take me to my bus and bring me back to school. Uh, parents, people people just want to shake hands with you. They just want to say hello to you. They just want to exchange some words, um, practice their English or try to ask, where are you from? So so honestly, it's exactly what you said. I mean, of course we we always need to be careful either in New York uh, in Mexico mm-hmm. or in Indonesia uh but but it's exactly what you said. I felt the community was really really protecting me and 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 all of the volunteer teachers um because they know that we were just there to to do our best and to put our little you know piece of the of the of the Lego to, yeah. to build something bigger and for them. after
0: that experience, then you joined Mind Valley.
1: I joined Mind Valley um, with, with an incredible opportunity the opportunity that be, uh, to build uh, the business to business department of Mind Valley mm-hmm. from the ground up. Uh, so, when I arrived, uh, Mind Valley had the intention to go into that mm-hmm. direction. And, and I was hired to, to help set up the department and, and scale it. So, it has been a wonderful journey. I know you're very passionate about personal growth. Um, and, um, and it excites me to be able to bring more of these to more leaders and mm-hmm. to more companies. I love to see companies caring about mm-hmm. their employees growing, not only mm-hmm. functionally or with their hard skills, but growing yeah. in their mindset, growing in their habits and their beliefs, and and supporting them to be uh, better. You know, in terms of yep. well being. Right now, with yep. the pandemic, it's mental health. It's it's a very important topic, and what we're able to do through through what I do in Mind Valley is to bring that awareness and. And and to create those programs inside companies.
0: If I if, if I'm correct, so, the, the the purpose of mission uh, of Mind Valley, it's something that Vision explains. I think a couple of months ago, I already, I think six months ago, is that his big vision of Mind Valley is to replace the degrees that you will have, like like a, like a Harvard, that that you have the real skills and uh, all the things that you need to become, I wouldn't say successful in life, but to really. Live life to the fullest, and also the fact what I also admire from from Vision and his team is that he was able to build a hundred million uh, US dollar company without any VC and any external uh, founder. Yeah. And this is something very ex- extraordinary because you really can combine a bigger purpose driven company and at the same time, yeah, have 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 an have, an, uh, have a healthy uh, financial situation for your company which a lot of people think the, these are opposite, but it isn't. And I, I really admire that about uh, Vision and, and, and his team and then and Mindvalley and, it, and, it, uh, and its total.
1: Yeah, I think Vision has proved it's possible to do that. I think for, for what I love is that this, this is a story of inspiration for mm-hmm. so many entrepreneurs out there that are wondering, should I should I stay, you know, like as, as a main owner or should we get some other uh, funding? I think there's no wrong or right. It's 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 yep. what resonates with the values of each founder, uh, but it's it's a great path to see that it's possible, you know. And and I think that inspires others to 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 follow that path if if that's what it's best for their businesses. Um, and 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 yeah, like the idea of replacing traditional education, it's it's a very interesting concept because, um, what what I what I love is how can we make more accessible to others education of the quality of like a harvard degree or a mm-hmm. stanford degree or an ivy league mm-hmm. degree you know i think one of the greatest things about these sort of uh, universities is to be able to create like a super valuable mm-hmm. network which you can also find in, in mind valley very like minded people like you and me that are looking uh, to to self evolve mm-hmm. to to be better to contribute more to stay at mm-hmm. the top of their game and and do and do better for others um, so you will find a very similar network inside mind valley um, in our members you will be able to find also super premium teachers um, that that can that can educate you, your yeah. team, or your family, or or or, or your colleagues, uh, while at the same time it's way 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 much more affordable and more yeah. holistic. Um, w- what I love to explain is that we provide the, the most holistic curriculum for uh, human yeah. human development, right? It's, it's not only about you being great yeah. as a businessman, but how can you be a great parent? How can you be? at the top of your of, of your health and, and your well-being uh, at the same time. Right. It's, it's not impossible uh, if, if, if we get the right mentors and the right inspiration. So so that's that's empowering and, and, and that's exciting to see that that you resonate a lot with, with now, that. Message I mean,
0: too. I'm also a, a sales director of an, um, a marketing tech agency, a company. I mean, bringing personal development is a personal passion of mine. Um, and, and the mindset is, is also another one which I bring to, to our teams. Um, but people have to be open for that. I mean, I can imagine when you are knocking on somebody's door, B2B to a company, and you're talking, I assume, with a VPHR. I assume that you start there or or a CEO. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, that, they, like, at least I'm talking here about Europe. And I don't want to generalize, but personal development still has that... In in a a kind of corporate environment, it's still—I wouldn't say it's not accepted, but it's it's changing. And here and there, you see some kind of form of meditation or mindfulness or whatever. But it's still it's still an area where I see, with young people, older people. I mean, it doesn't matter. There is still some. They don't know really what it is. They 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 think it's some kind of uh, magic art or some voodoo or something. Is that also something that you see in your day-to-day life that you really have to, allez, make sure that other people become? Um, how do you say it? That they become aware and conscious of uh, of what uh, what a personal <coughs> development can really mean. For for their people and meaning happier people and more productive people, et cetera, et cetera, is that also something that you encounter because if I would imagine in your place because your your business development, if i'm correct i mean that's what that's one of the obstacles that I think I would meet if I would sell mind valley in a in a corporate environment eh
1: yeah. You, you are super right. I've seen it all, Peter. <laughs> I've seen from people um, on very big corporates with very, very like high level power and, and super huge uh, level of decision making that are like you and me. You know that completely understand the, the connection between a person growing personally and and that improving their their the performance at the job. But it has been also um, a journey of educating educating the people, because uh, in very old and and traditional or high-structured organizations, one of the biggest question is, yeah, Daniela, but I don't understand what personal growth has to do with my employee doing better in their accounting job, you know? Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, for me, it's like, what? Like, I just see a connection so obvious, but, but it's not obvious. And as you said, I think uh, older organizations and, and traditional organizations that have always been operating in a certain way that are used mm-hmm. to sort of traditions that, uh, that even sometimes get biased, you know, because, because of their own behaviors and culture and, 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 so on, it gets very hard to, to run the change management, to embed a program like this. So, so that's always present, but it has been wonderful to also see leading in leaders in top leading edge organizations with a, with a more modern or open mindset to try something different. Yeah. Um, So, so it has been, it has been a great balance. It had been a great, uh, learning journey, uh, to, to make more people aware of the benefits, to get more people to try it, to get more people to experience it. Um, because at the end of the day, once they sign up, they end up noticing that their people, uh, are feeling better. They are transforming behaviors, which is something that sometimes for the leaders seem impossible. You know, like they see their culture and they are like, Oh no, all my employees are lazy. They are all close-minded, but then you give them the chance, you give them the tool, mm-hmm. you give them the opportunity and you see people transforming in ways you, you wouldn't yep. expect. So so I think at the end, uh, all the hustle and all the doors are closed, pay off, uh, pay off when, when, we see, when we see our clients being able to to share from their experience what it meant for them to go through this journey.
0: Yeah. But I, I mean, I'm really convinced that, but like I said, uh, I mean... If you can work on just start on the basics. Eh? I mean, start for instance with the self-limiting beliefs or the conditions That that or con, uh, yeah, the convictions, the the people, the things that we think that are true. And I mean, yeah, Vision is talking a lot about this. And if you start with that, and you enable your employees with some kind of program at Mind Valley to, to, to really change the way they think about food. Yeah, I mean, I followed the, the, Eric Edmides uh, program. I also had him on the podcast. I mean, and he's also one of the top teachers of, uh, of Valley and, and, um, and public speaking. And he's an amazing public speaker. I mean, just, just, just to see that how he cha- he is challenging the things you, yeah, you know, and it's, it's unbelievable. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really life life changing now. We're going to come to the, the real core. Why I asked you is, I mean, I received a an, uh, an, uh, message from you for LinkedIn and uh, you started your own foundation. It's called beyond education. I mean, I mean you're so passionate about it it's actually a, a great written message I mean you know really the difference between an and an a sleazy sales message and a real heart touching message uh, because you are actually asking for donations that's also why I asked you on the on the podcast so congratulations with that now I want I want to ask you beyond education I mean you had that experience in in Nairobi teaching in the slums then you had your first uh, NGO, of course. Mind Valley is also in the in the um, how do you call that in the education space. Where did you get the idea to start a foundation supporting um, education for the Colombian children who are living in poverty? I mean, was it something that you uh, had that idea when you are working at Mind Valley that you're like, "I'm going to create a kind of an,", an and don't take it the wrong way. Uh, um, poverty mind valley for people who cannot afford mind valley or where did you get where where was that spark that you that you get that 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 idea of course it lies in your passion and purpose um i think that's pretty clear but was it again was it some during some kind of meditation or ayahuasca or whatever where did you get that um insight
1: so when i left um kenya you know you, you go with your heart full, but then you go back to reality, right? Like, okay, I got to keep doing the other things. And and I had this idea pending that I wanted to come back and help those kids, mm-hmm. the ones that I met in Kenya. And then, um, I had it like in my mind, in my mind, but I was postponing it. You know, I don't have time right now. I know I, that that would require a lot of effort. Oh my God, I need to put a lot of things together. And I'm, you know, this, this idea that we sell to ourselves of busyness, not busy. I don't have time for that. Um, like I know, I have this dream, but I don't have time yet for this dream. But when are you gonna make the time? What, when when is it gonna happen? If you never make the time, right? So uh, back in my birthday um, last year, my boyfriend and and my best friends they gather, and they say, you know what? Let's help her to kickstart her dream, of, of of getting donations for these kids in in Kenya, so she can. Initially, it all started as an idea of just I just wanted to pay the school, of mm-hmm. at least ten kids in Kenya because mm-hmm. I realized they cannot access uh, a school. So I was like, okay, let's just, let's just get it in them. So they can, you know, graduate at least and have the basic degree. Um, so in my birthday, they, they surprised me with, with a fundraising campaign already up. They collected some money and they told me the rest is up to you. So I received this gift on my birthday. I, I once again, I burst into tears so <laughs> that I cry much, but apparently with, with this topic, I, I do a lot. Um, so I burst into tears because I was like, damn, this is the reason why we have friends. Friends are the ones that keep you accountable with your dreams and with your goals and they are there to push you sometimes to take little or big steps. So actually I, I told Vision about this and, and he was so excited. He he spread the voice as well. He he was helping me. All my colleagues are Mind valley, start donating as well for us, um, to, to be able to support these kids in Kenya. And and what happened is that the pandemic hit, right? And and it became very, very hard to mobilize the resources and to be able to travel to Kenya to guarantee that all the money will be spent in the way that I promised to the donors. Mm-hmm. So so when the situation hit and and it was very, very complex to, to mobilize to Kenya, the kids were not going to school. It was a very uncertain period. I start, you know, like in my meditations, trying to ask for guidance. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I have all of this money sitting in the bank account. And I, it's like money is energy, right? And, and that energy is stagnated because it's, it's not circulating to the people that it's supposed to mm-hmm. because the pandemic has us like standing on one feet or the other. Um so so after one of the meditations um and, and conversations with some people and journaling, what came was like, why don't we just readdress this money to Colombia? I mean, in Colombia there are kids exactly in the same conditions. Plus I know people there, plus uh I have people on the ground that can help me operate the project and build something more structured. I didn't want it to be like a one off time donation, you know, like ah oh, take yeah. the money, no mm-hmm. idea. I wanted to create something more long-term you know yeah. uh, i think transformation doesn't happen overnight so mm-hmm. i was like let's let's build something bigger and my dream with my mom uh, was always to have a foundation together she's okay. an expert on the on the social development aspect she has been working in social social work like for so many years so it suddenly it just became obvious you know why don't we readdress the money to colombia i just need to communicate this to the donors uh we establish why don't we establish the foundation legally uh, so, so, we do everything right, you know, we, we, we report, we provide accountability, uh, we create better programs, we create something more comprehensive, and we just got in this brainstorming process. And at the end of the day, what came up is we, we, we want to go tr- beyond traditional education, right? Like, we understand that education is the first step for a kid to get out of the poverty cycle, but it's not the only step. So, so our mission became to integrate concepts of education, uh, be able to provide the kids the basic education. But complement that with a strong program in empowerment. And, and, and what empowerment means for us is uh, as being able to help the kid to increase self esteem uh, and self awareness, as being able to help the kid to improve their communication skills, interpersonal relationships, emotional intelligence, and help the kid to build a compelling life vision and life purpose. Which in these wow. communities, this is something that you never speak about because they don't think they can dream beyond yeah. what they see. So.
0: Now- so it's that's how going, we Yeah. Now, um, the first question that a lot of people have when they are going to donate to a foundation or to an organization is, where the hell does my money go? And will it go? Uh, take now the, the, the example of um, uh, the school in um, Nairobi or Kenya. I mean, I already—I'm also a musician, so I already played a lot of uh, how you call that concerts for free in order to fund uh, schools in—I uh, think it was it was somewhere also in Africa—and uh-huh. um, but I, I I saw then people who were uh, with their bikes there, and they they really built that that school, and I hope that the money went there. Um, I literally gave away my first guitar um, to an organization here in Belgium who um was some is also CEO of, of a scale-up and he his organization his foundation uh, is giving away uh, instruments to uh, people uh, to children who are living on the streets in, in in Africa in order to play and that they stay away from drugs okay now they they assured me that the the instruments would arrive at the right people and not I don't know salt or whatever or get lost how do you make sure that, that the money Ali, like like in africa how you, how do you make sure that the money is really going to go there and not going to stick to somebody's fingers or yeah. come into the wrong hands the same for colombia how do you i mean this is i think this is a a question that a lot of people say are saying about foundation like yeah, yeah but you don't know where the money is going and and blah 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 i mean what do you answer that daniela
1: yeah so so i love that question peter because I think one of one of my core values is is accountability, you
0: mm-hmm. know. Like
1: I I've always care about being transparent about acting with mm-hmm. integrity. I think that's that's more like the right word. Um, I mean, because I've been leading NGOs for for quite some time, and mm-hmm. and, and if you're trusted with a budget uh, in a non for profit, you, you want to make sure that that you're doing the right thing, right? So so when I had the possibility of sending all of this money to Kenya, I That's exactly what stopped me from doing it. I didn't have a way to guarantee, not to myself, not to anyone, that the money will 100% go to the communities and to the children. Um, So what we did is, uh, that's why I team up with my mom. (laughs) There's no one I can trust more than my mom. We set up the foundation legally. We have legal representation. We have our accountant. We have the person that takes care of all the taxation and all uh, the legal process of NGOs. So we fully established it to make sure that we are able to, to provide accountability and to, and, to, and to show the integrity and, and the impact that we're doing to the donors. So, so I, I feel like it's, it's, it's really hard. Um, and, and I think I've been there in cases where I don't know if I should trust or donate. Uh, I've, I've trusted to do the best and, and believe. Um, but I think that's why personal connections are so important. Um, mm-hmm. which We are just wrapping up one of the, the, the biggest crowdfunding campaign that we have launched so far. It's actually wrapping up tomorrow. Yeah, I saw it. Um, you have
0: almost 15k. Uh, almost, I, I almost. saw it.
1: So, so for me, it has been a journey of reaching out to the people that know me, you know, and 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 some of my connections in LinkedIn like you. Uh, but but when you go and see the results of who are the biggest donors, most of the time these are people that at a certain point of my life they have bumped. Into me, either they have done business with me, either I consult them, either I lead them, either that they let me, either you know we have different interactions, and they trust my values. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been able to grow the foundation, starting with um, with people that know me and trust me, and that have known my whole life and know uh, what are my intentions. But at the same time, uh, I think letting people know that we are a legal NGO, uh, that we have an accountant, that we have uh, all in place, all the papers, um, and 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 getting to know also the team that is behind. Um, it's it's what have give people the, the certainty, you know, and the trust to to know that we are just uh, doing this uh, for for the same reason, and and we guarantee that one hundred percent of the money goes to the project within the community and the children that are beneficiaries from the program. Yeah. So I,
0: I, is it so is yeah. it possible, so that your that your father or your uncle or something is the legal representative because he has last last name same last name as you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my father. That's my father. So you know, like. Since I was little, I think probably when I was five was the first time that my mom took me to a social project. Like okay. one of my first memories in life is me in a, how do you call this? Uh, like, it's not like an orphanage, but it's these places that they kind of receive foster kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and since since I was little, I remember when growing up talking with my parents, we want to have a foundation. We want to have a foundation. But my limiting belief back in the day is like, I, I said to myself, who has a foundation? Like Bill and Melinda Gates, I mean,
0: Malala, you know,
1: like I, I was okay. thinking you either need to be extremely wealthy or you need to be a global advocate with United Nations to to be able to have a foundation. So it was it was a dream that is always in the back of my mind, but that, you know, when you feel that that's not something that you can aspire, because I don't know who told me that, but I, I just guessed that I needed to be either a UN ambassador or extremely wealthy person at the level of Bill Gates to be able to start my own foundation. So when things fell into place, we just came back to that dream that we had since since I'm very young and 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 we put it uh, and we put it together. So, for example, my dad is a legal representative. I take care mainly of strategic partnerships and, and fundraising. It's a bit my edge. I feel like my genius is, is there. Uh, so so that's 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 a bit of, of what I do. Uh, and my mom is the expert in everything regarding cur- curriculum, social development. I mean, she has worked with the government, with international uh, NGOs as well. So she brings all of that knowledge. Um, and the rest of the team are, are mainly volunteers um,
0: okay.
1: that are also joining the team with their expertise. You know, some people are experts in branding. Some people are volunteering as experts um, in um, in in marketing or social media content. Some people are volunteering as experts on human resources to help us recruit other volunteers. And we have been growing the team uh a lot of women in the team actually uh, that are very interested, uh, that are in their corporate careers but also wanna contribute back to to, to a social project.
0: And the role the from Colombia or?
1: Actually, I have Brazilians, Colombians, okay. and Mexicans as as volunteers right now. Recently, a girl from South Africa joined the team because uh, I worked with her at Mine Valley, and she just fell in love with what we're doing. So so yeah I mean also for for the ones that are looking that are hearing us and want volunteering opportunities I don't think that the contribution needs to come in the shape of money all the time mm-hmm. I have received wonderful donations in terms of time advice and and volunteering from so many mm-hmm. talented people that has helped us uh, you know lift up the business model uh, of the foundation the programs the the, the strategic planning um and the day by day operations um that it has been also wonderful to to get support in in the way that people want to give the support.
0: Wow, wow. Now, um, I think it's similar. eh? I mean, looking at the the children who live in poverty in Colombia and in um, Nairobi, Kenya. I mean, I imagine these children are like six to eight to ten years young. Is that correct?
1: So, so right now, I mean, in Kenya, I work with kids from four years old to around 12, 13. Yeah. Here in the foundation, we are working with kids between six to 13 years old as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, but then my first question is, I mean, what, how can you establish transformation? What What is a typical program where you start with, I mean, you start then with with they learn how to read and write um do, do you do you start with um yeah i don't know um yeah read and write and then i assume it's spanish and maybe then adding later english uh, although spanish is also a, a global language but i can imagine uh, i mean your, your english is, is fluent eh? but um so w- how do you make decisions there on what programs do you offer them and how do you do that is that an online or is it is it via 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 teachers locally who are also volunteers or how does it work daniela
1: so so we started with a physical presence model right so we partnered Mm -hmm. up with one school in colombia the dean of this school has been a big time angel he gave us access to everything you know the computers from the from the school um, the places uh, so, so we can have like different sort of locations. It's an open space. So kids don't feel like they're always locked in a classroom mm-hmm. just in their normal uh, school time. So it's an open space. There's a park. So, so we have very nice uh, location right now to be able to deliver the classes. Um, the pandemic got a bit more complicated in Colombia in the last weeks because okay. we have, we had Easter Eastern and, and, and the cases, the cases went up. So, um, Okay. One of the things we do is we tested an online model. It'll really, really work. Um Of course, some families have issues with connectivity, with technology, yeah, yeah, yeah. um but but we run a couple of uh, logistics to be able to make sure that they can all connect uh, either through WhatsApp, either through their phones, either okay. through uh, some laptops. So we are definitely gonna stick with a physical presence model, but we are uh, we are adapting slowly and slightly some components virtually. Um, as we are able to also provide some technology to to the families to be able to not miss out. And and in terms of the curriculum, we have two programs, right? Like we have the educational program and we have the empowerment program. In the educational program, the kids get access to school. So they are going to a traditional school uh, and we support them in the learning gaps and we support them in whatever is stopping them or gets them to drop out. Because mm-hmm. school dropouts are huge in in Latin America, huge. Like maybe a kid okay. can go to a school, but they, it doesn't finish. So and, um, and
0: why 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 is that? Because that was also a question attached to that. I assume when you're living in a slum or in poverty, yeah. I mean it's not the most stimulating environment. I assume. I mean when your dad and and mom are working and maybe I don't know sometimes also some interfamilial um, violence. I assume. Yeah. Um and I mean. Then, then when you have to sit there with your laptop and maybe it's even trashed or something uh, or even there is alcohol issues, abuse, I don't know, or drugs. Um, I mean, it's not a really stimulating environment to to yeah to, to learn something because it's like, no, we need money right now. So you should work for money so that we have money instead of investing in yourself. So it's best that you take away the kids to another location where they are uh, really are feeling that stimulating a loving um, environment where they can learn—is that yeah, true? So, is it, yeah,
1: That's 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 that's. Those are some of the core reasons. Other reasons to add up to what you mentioned are they cannot afford the uniform of the school, so okay. they cannot go. Uh, they cannot afford the fee of transportation to go to a school, so they don't go. They don't have anything to eat, so they cannot go. Uh, they cannot uh, access, for example, they cannot purchase the books that are requested, so they get behind. Uh, some kids have learning uh, disabilities or disadvantages. Mm. Uh, and because the system cannot take care of these kids with special disadvantages, sometimes they get left behind. So it's a major package of reasons of like why a kid can drop. I, actually, there are there's more stimulation to drop out from school than to stay. So okay. we work very, very closely with the families. So our main beneficiary is the kid. But we have something that we call I'm trying to translate from Spanish to English let's call it something like parent school it sounds weird but yeah, yeah. every month we have sessions that involve the parents okay because one of the conditions that when they when they join the foundation we make very clear is the kid cannot drop out and okay. it's a common effort between the family and the foundation and the school to make sure that the kid like the, the kid successfully closes the year the academic year right so so we have psychologists supporting uh the learning gaps we have some benefits in our program for the families that apply that need it, like uh, uniforms, like school kids, like um, subsidy for transportation to avoid all of this, right? So first of all, we, we guarantee that the key is successfully enrolled and it's completing mm. the years. But we are adding also two more programs because we realize that this is not enough. One is the English program and one is the technology program. Because, Peter, in the moment where we are at that the Future of the workforce and the current workforces are global. This means mm-hmm. companies are sub hiring from all the continents. These Correct. kids are gonna graduate. First of all, they're not gonna speak English because the as I told you, the the English literacy in Colombia is so low. Mm-hmm. So we need to do some extra classes so they are so so they can compete when they graduate. You know, with with other graduates from other countries that maybe. For example, in Kenya, English is a, is a second language or it's a native almost language. So they have a bit of more advantage because of that. They mm-hmm. can enter the global workforce right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point of time, Colombian kids is, is not the reality. So, so we are doing an extra push in English to get them to speed up and level up and in technology. Because uh, right now, I mean, you, you need to handle technology not, not only on a basic level, but let's say at a pro level. To mm-hmm. be able to succeed in any job you want to do. Oh, you wanna do sales, you gotta learn technology. Ah, oh, you wanna do finance and accounting? Well, you gotta mm-hmm. deal with technology. You wanna be a programmer? Well, super into technology, right? So that those are these are two gaps that we're seeing that the basic system does not cover. So we are stepping there to to bridge that gap. Um, that's one of the programs. The other program is empowerment program, that it's a mix between soft skills, mindset, and habits that normally these kids don't get to learn from their families or from the regular schooling system, because the regular schooling system is not prepared to teach you how to manage your emotions or how to create a life purpose or or, or have a life project, or even how for these kids that are in a very violent environment, as you mentioned, they don't even know how to establish interpersonal relationships without you know punching at one another right so for no. for them that is creating a relationship and and we go deep into these aspects um with different tools uh depending on the age on the on the age of the kids so so our programs are designed to be able to 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 fulfill those five outcomes uh, at the empowerment level so we have a 6 month curriculum that they go through um and and then the other 6 months we iterate with different uh, different ways of, of going deeper into that knowledge over those five outcomes so so that's a bit of what we offer um, and it has been a wonderful experience to see the kids evolving already yeah um,
0: and, yes. and you want uh, you want to touch 1 million children in ten years I mean
1: that's that's the big hack
0: <laughs> yeah but that's that's great it's I' I mean'm I'm, I'm so fallen in love with that goal um what, what does that then mean? I mean, is that, is that the plan within five years or something when the, organ, the foundation is really big that you're going to work less for mind value or even stop with value in the long term? Or how do you see that?
1: I don't know. I don't know if you follow one of these personal growth authors. Her name is Mari Forleo. She talks about yeah. be, being a multi-passionate entrepreneur or a multi-passionate mm-hmm. person. Uh, I love her concept because I feel like that explains what many of us feel right now. You know, like you see this person, let's say financial advisor and fitness passionate, you know, like we are, we are in a time where we're just passionate about, there are so many things to do living in today's world. I find it very exciting, you know, and, and I feel like I love my career and I love what I'm able to do, um, on a corporate level as well, because I see the impact as well, um, Mm -hmm. on, on a big scale, but I also love to do it. So I, I don't know, um, how things will, will, will end up for me in the future, but I'm having a a very wonderful time balancing both. Um, Mm -hmm. and both provide me very different experiences, very, I'm growing in very different areas and I'm able to contribute also at different levels. So, Mm -hmm. so I feel they complement each other. Uh, I, I, I want to reach the time where perhaps I don't want to be retired. I don't know what's your take on that, but my dream is not to get retired. Maybe I I just want to stop, uh, Maybe I can, I just want to keep working for my passion projects. You know, I don't want to feel it like work. My boyfriend and I, we call it building time. So Mm -hmm. it's, you're just building. Uh, But yeah, I see myself as still working for, for these or other passion projects that I, that I reach. Uh, But I want to stay active (laughs) in, in what areas that I'm involved.
0: Now, if you would go back in time and you would meet the Daniela when she's 17, like 10 years ago, what, what kind of advice would you give her?
1: Well, I think I used to be a perfectionist, big time, and I feel that being a perfectionist stopped me from taking action. So I feel that imperfect action will always be 100% more valuable than perfect ideas, you know, because mm-hmm. a perfect idea is just that. So, so I think the advice to my younger self will be to to focus on progress over perfection,
0: mm-hmm. and and
1: to strive to to take baby steps, you know. Because one step, one step at a day is 365 steps end, of, end yeah. of the year. So, so better, better to do that than just like closing the year and finding out that nothing happened. So, so I think, I think that would be my advice for, for my younger self.
0: And in 10 years, who is Daniela Zapata?
1: In 10 years, who Daniela Zapata will be? Mm-hmm. Wow, Peter, it's a good one. Um, <laughs> I hope, I hope still a philanthropist. You know, I, I did one exercise that I highly recommend everybody that is listening to It's an exercise from Keith Ferrazzi and he was speaking about what are the identities that you want to embody. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, um, three words came, uh, I've always been a leader, um, since a very early age without the title, just, just from, from the spirit, let's say then with the title, uh, and all of that, that comes with the perks of, of growing your career, but, I said, you know, I want to be a leader. Uh, Why? I want
0: Why? A... Why? Why? Because of the impact that you want to make.
1: I, I feel that leadership allows allows you. It's a tool for empowerment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that when you're a leader, it's your role to uplift and empower people. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't need to have the title to do it. But but I, I associate leadership with a lot of influence. Uh, I think power and influence are words that, on a on a society level, sometimes we judge. But we don't need to judge them if they don't come from a place of greed. You know, uh, I think yeah. the idea of create, having power uh, or mm-hmm. having influence over people, if it's well managed, is beautiful. Um, so the first concept that came to my mind was leader. The second one was relationship builder. And mm-hmm. the third one was philanthropist. So okay. I got very, I mean, it could change or evolve as I grow up and, and as I live other things. But but the idea of embodying the identity of a leader, of a philanthropist and as a relationship builder, I was like, yeah, I feel like this is my edge to, to contribute to, to whatever I'm, I'm up to in wow. 10 years.
0: <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Now, um, we're going to close them because I feel I could go on and I want to talk, uh, I won't, and then I'm going to stop the recording, but because I have another uh, couple of questions uh, that I don't want to talk about, but after this recording, um, the, um, the campaign tomorrow ends, but it doesn't yeah. mean you can still donate, I assume.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can you can still donate. It's only that Doterra will only double yeah. the money that we gather until tomorrow. So, because that's, that's the policy that they have with, with this partnership that we did. But we can still uh, raise some funds. So probably, um, if, if you want to include it, I'll just give you another link, which is the, the, the link that we have, Air Green, let's say that it's always there. Um, mm-hmm. in case, in case people want to contribute, but yeah, tomorrow we close the campaign. It has been a very, um, active month for the past months. Uh, um, so, so it has been very beautiful to, to see a support of people and, 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 and you know, knocking doors and, 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 and opportunities open. Some others, you know, uh, don't open as you expect, but, but at least, um, I feel like when there's a purpose calling you, the universe finds a way to, to help yeah. you to to get it done it's it's not even about you it's just about the purpose happening and and you being a vehicle to to make it work
0: daniela i'm i i cannot find the exact words but i feel really grateful that our paths have crossed and that you have taken the time to 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 explain who you are what you're doing your mission your purpose and especially the beyond um, education foundation because i think at your age i think it's unbelievable what you have, between brackets, achieved without going to, into the ego uh, path. Um, but it's, 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 it's really amazing that you already discovered at your age that giving back and uh, contributing is the real richness in the world. So thank yeah, no, you.
1: Thank you so much, Peter, for your words. It means a lot. Uh, I'm so grateful to have met you to have this space. It's refreshing. It's empowering to cross paths with people. That are like-minded and and that challenge you or that are willing to learn more or or that are just open you know to to yeah. ideas i'm super grateful thank you for the space and and yeah no, and lovely it,
0: and i only can say please donate to the foundation the beyond, <laughs> beyond education foundation i already did so uh so um have i wish you all the best and i wish you i mean i mean it it is going to be amazing that to see really how you are changing the world because you are touching and changing these lives of these children it's amazing
1: thank you so much peter and thank you so much for everyone that listened all the way into here
0: hey it's peter here thanks a lot for listening to what's on your mind looking forward to your opinions and comments and don't forget to subscribe on psgrow.com and leave your email address to stay tuned for future episodes bye